I just had to come on here and quickly record the story of a memory that popped into my head. And it just reinforced to me why I teach the way that I do. Teaching for acquisition, using comprehensible input in my classes, using student choice, making sure my lessons are mostly student-centered, creating community, all of those things, right? The story and memory from my experience in my Spanish classes just popped into my head. So, long story short, I will give you the brief version of how I got to be where I was. So, I started taking languages in middle school. We took a quarter of German, a quarter of French, a quarter of Spanish, and a quarter of technology. Really, it was like typing um, in sixth grade. And then we were able to choose a language for seventh grade. I chose French. And you would take that, that was like, you know, like your intro. And then in eighth grade, if you did well in seventh grade, you'd be able to take, you know, level one for high school credit. So I took French in seventh grade, ended up coming down with mono really bad and missed 52 days of school. Well, lo and behold, the office was like, sorry, you can't take French one next year. And basically I was just stuck because there was no option for eighth graders taking language other than like level one and you couldn't do that without having passed the seventh grade year or having I didn't fail anything I just didn't complete enough of the course or the lessons or classes okay fine time goes on I move into high school freshman year nah I don't want to take a language sophomore year oh I guess I should probably get my two years of language over with and I'm going to take Spanish because it's easier that's a conversation for another day but bear with me. So then I'm like really digging Spanish, textbooks, grammars, verb conjugation songs. Vamos a hablar del verbo caminar. Caminar, caminar significa to walk. Yo camino. Tú caminas. Él camina y usted también. Nosotros caminamos uh, we skipped both otros, and then, anyway, sorry, I don't, I don't know why I just saying that for you. <clears throat> anyway, so that was Spanish one, loved it, ended up at, like, for some reason, the school I was at, it was, like, an advanced Spanish one class, like, we got into the preterite towards the end of Spanish one. Then I switched high schools after my sophomore year, and maybe we can get into a Who is Caitlin series at some point on this podcast, but not for tonight's quick story. And at this new school, I took Spanish too as a junior. Again, just planning to get, you know, maybe do two years, maybe three now that I kind of liked it. Well, they had a new Spanish teacher that year at the high school. I was new to that school. I had come from a school where I had learned more. The textbooks must have just been laid out differently. And if I could remember... I would love to go back and just, like, peruse those for memory's sake. But I don't know what textbooks we used. Anyhow, I... So, basically, like, I knew all the answers in Spanish, too, at my new school. Because we had already done, like, all of the regular preterite and things like that. And my teacher would not call on me. And at one point, I'm like, I think she hates me. Like, I really thought she hated me because she wouldn't call on me. It came up in conversation at some point later, or maybe I said something to her, or I might have asked, why don't you call on me? I can't remember, but somehow I found out that 
She didn't call on me because she knew I knew all the answers and she wanted to give other students a try. Which also reminds me why I always, when I see the same kids raising their hands over and over again, I thank them so much and I verbally say, I appreciate, you know, you're volunteering and you're wanting to show off your knowledge, but I want to see if if someone else in class wants to give it a try. Anywho, so then I was like, I fell in love with Spanish. I was like, I'm going to take as much Spanish as possible during my senior year. No. Yes. So I ended up taking, it was really cool. And this would be a great podcast topic too. But I ended up taking, um, they were semester long classes after Spanish too. El Quinto, which was like the fifth semester, which basically was like Spanish three, Spanish three light. I don't know. Um, I took Adelante, which was all about writing. And we learned like how to use the Spanish to English dictionary. We learned the rules about accent marks and stuff. Loved it. This grammar nerd. We had a class called Charlemos, where it was focused on speaking. And then we also had, um, they did offer these every other year. We had Latin American studies, and then we had Spanish, surprising Spain is what the other class was that I never got to take because of my, my choice to delay a language as long as possible because of my previous experience. So anywho, I doubled up on those classes. So I had two classes of Spanish every day, which was amazing. I loved it. I ate it up. Well, at some point during one of those classes, and I can't remember which one, I had missed class, and so I was coming in after school to take a quiz that I had missed. Another student was in there from my class. I could see that he had casually brought a post-it note with him of the answers of the verb conjugations that we were taking a quiz on, and being the honest, brown-nosing, Spanish-loving teacher's pet that I was, I, of course you know, doing the right thing in integrity. Like I don't, I'm not mad about it now. Um, and I'm glad that I chose to stand up for what was right. But this kid was like a popular kid and I was deathly afraid to go forward, but I was like, this isn't fair. And like, if you're going to cheat, like do it better. I don't know. Anyway. So I went, I reported it to my teacher She was able to find the sticky note in the trash in the classroom. You know, if you're going to have evidence like that, get rid of it elsewhere. Like the boys' bathroom would have been a great spot, but whatever. Um, And then she ended up talking to him. I don't know if she gave him his ear or how she handled the situation, but he clearly knew that it was me that told because there was only two of us in the classroom together. And there were multiple times that he would pass me in the hallways and he would like mouth the B word at me. And as a, like, high school girl who wasn't really popular, I wasn't, like, not popular. The school didn't have as many clicks as my previous high school did, which is one of the reasons why I switched. Um, But, like, I was just, like, a normal kid, and he was super popular. And so having one of the super the popular, (laughs) one of the super popular kids hate me basically and like say these things about who I was was really painful and you know it was it was a testament to my awesome teacher and if you're listening right now you know I love you and appreciate you um that I felt comfortable going to her right because not all students would feel comfortable going to the teacher there was nothing she could have done to kind of if she was going to approach the student and handle it There was nothing she could have done aside from, like, being like, I was digging through my garbage and found this sticky note with your handwriting on it. Like, hmm, that's probably not real believable either. 
So I don't blame her at all. But the fact that that student who was making up that quiz needed to use a sticky note full of answers in order to feel successful in the class is why I do what I do. I know it took me a long time to get to this point, but I really wanted to share kind of the whole journey with you. And, you know, I I ran into this teacher. Well, we, we had become friends over the years. Um, we hardly talk now anymore. Um, but, you know, for the first five to ten years after I graduated high school, we stayed in touch. I would go visit all the time. We'd talk about work. We'd talk about school. Um, and then when I started to make the switch to teaching with comprehensible input, I would say there has been. And I feel like there still is this kind of, like, tension between us um, and this little bit of awkwardness. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't hashtag highlight real, R-E-A-L, I didn't handle it well um, when I first, the first time I saw her, she actually came to one of my presentations at the Wisconsin conference for language teaching. And it was really cool because she was learning more about CI and all these things and starting to implement those things. But she was new to a district and their school was, their department was, as many of you have experienced, um, not so willing to move in that direction. And, you know, there's one person who's going to be retiring in the next few years who, you know, is really a legacy teacher and... Anyway, you guys have heard the stories or maybe you've experienced it yourself. And so at this conference that I had been to, you know, we had a good chat about it. There were some things that were kind of said or implied about the way I assess students because that's what the presentation was about that made it seem like my assessments weren't as rigorous. Also a conversation for another day. Um, and that kind of hurt me, right? So then I happened to go into the hotel bar restaurant thing in this where the conference is being held and I ran into her and one of her colleagues and they were sitting there grading like Spanish tests like fill in the blank verb conjugation Spanish tests and already feeling a little like spicy from before and feeling like I have to defend myself I made some comment which I do not recommend and I wish I could take it back but here we are so I might as well share it as a learning experience for all of you I wish and I made a comment and I said See this? Yeah, I don't do this anymore. <laughs> and I think part of it was like, I I meant it to be like part joking. Um, and I meant it to be part like, almost like, haha, I don't have to sit here and take off half points for accent marks and like put red pen all over papers and like tear students down anymore. And obviously I've developed a deeper deeper connection to that philosophy. I can, I know the science and the hows and the whys behind why I do what I do. And I could, def I could defend that better without having to get a little bit spicy like that in a conversation. And, you know, I just, I think to myself now, if I were to sit down and grade tests like that, tests that I used to give, tests that I took as a student, I did well on, I was privileged. Like, if I'm really looking, what was I looking for? I was looking for their memorization skills, not their actual skills and abilities to, to, you know, express meaning in the target language, to actually express a message or interpret and understand language. I wasn't asking them to do any of that. So, like, this story is twofold here because the whole thing came back to me at once. Lesson number one, I guess it kind of combines together. Lesson number one what do you what do you want your students to be able to do in the target language? Like I would argue that a student who can write a whole page 
of Spanish sharing all about their likes and their dislikes and people in their family and their friends and telling us all about them versus one paragraph, and it has errors in it, right, or perceived errors um, because they haven't had enough input yet, but it's comprehensible. You can understand it. You know what they're trying to say. I would argue that that's way better than one paragraph that's error-free saying, I am this, I am this, I am not this, sometimes I am this. Which, those paragraphs aren't bad. But when you have a program that makes feel, students feel successful, makes students feel like they belong, makes students feel seen and valued and capable, they're going to excel. If that's how you run your classroom, they're going to excel. And that it's not a game of who can play the school game best. Because I'll tell you, I train my 8th graders to go to a more traditional textbook-based high school and I train them to play the game because why not give them and equip them with those skills to be successful in a language class that's going to be different from what they're used to so that they might stick with Spanish longer. Because if I don't give them any of that and they go to that class, they're going to be like, this isn't fun. We don't talk about the things I'm interested in. We don't, you know, it's always grammar and vocabulary and workbooks. But if I can teach them how to play the game, I know once they get to some of those upper level classes, they're going to have way more fun things in store for them at the high school, even with a textbook base, just because there's more language flowing freely in those rooms. And I know not every teacher is like this, but for my specific situation, it is. And so... Number one, when I teach the students the grammar behind all the language they've been acquiring for years in my program, they go, oh, we've been doing this for years. We just didn't know the pattern. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is really easy. And number two, they look at the packets and they're able to tell that they don't even have to understand a lot of times for some of the activities. They don't even have to understand what it's saying in order to fill them in. So when you're having them fill in the blank with a subject, pronoun, and a verb, and it's like in a sentence, you know, they don't even have to read or understand what the sentence means or that verb in order to be able to conjugate it correctly. Like, we're not really grading their Spanish understanding ability. So I guess creating a successful classroom, really reflecting on what we are assessing, not just in our actual like summative assessments and tests and things, but in our daily work and in the tasks that we ask students to do, is it worth that time or should we do more input or a different activity that allows for that interpretation or expression of meaning in the target language? So, a long story long, work on building that community, creating that environment where students can feel success and hopefully you won't run into a situation where one of your students ends up getting called a B because another student was uh, was cheating on a, on a test that they were making up because they missed the day in class. Have a great night, guys!